The Conversation Collective. You're listening to The Conversation Collective. The podcast shifting perspectives on young women's well-being. Proudly created by young women and brought to you by the Shift Foundation. Kia ora koutou katoa. Welcome back to The Conversation Collective. My name is Tiki and it's been my privilege to be co-hosting this series for the Shift Foundation alongside some very inspiring young women. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It would really help us if you could take the time to leave us a rating or review. You can also listen on our website, shiftnz.org forward slash podcast, where you'll find a full transcript for each episode. Today's episode is the final episode of this podcast series. And what an incredible journey this pilot series has been for us all. We've had some amazing conversations with really different and interesting guests. So if you're just joining us now, welcome, but also please do go back and listen to all the previous episodes. I know what you're thinking, how can this possibly be the end of the series? But don't worry because we've got some really exciting plans for a second series in the works. Stay tuned because we'll be updating you guys with news about that very soon, including how you can get involved with making the podcast if you're a young woman yourself. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore conversation underscore collective for behind the scenes sneak peeks and news about our second series. Okay, let's get shifty. As you know, I'm here to introduce you to the true host of today's episode. When this young woman applied to be part of the Shift podcast, she told me, I want to make this podcast the best that it can be. And you know what? I think that that is her approach to everything she does. Caitlin is hardworking, driven, and she thrives on meeting new people and lights up any room with her smile and laughter. Needless to say, the Conversation Collective would not be the same without her. Caitlin is here today to speak to us about keeping active and physical well-being. Caitlin, welcome to your podcast episode. Hello, so glad to be here. Oh, wow. (laughs) How are you today? I'm good. Oh, a little bit nervous, but it's all exciting nerves. (laughs) That's good. That's normal. Um, Caitlin, before we jump into our topic for today, can you just tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Like, who are you and what are the things that you love? What are the things that you're good at? Yeah, so I'm Caitlin. I'm 17 from Porirua. Um, It's hard to describe myself. I think I'm a little bit of an all-rounder. Like, obviously, I like sports hosting the physical activity um episode but I also like music and learning new things and yeah it's all just a little bit of fun to try something new I think and podcasting is one of these awesome new things that I've been involved with recently cool do you like when you say you like music do you like listening to music or do you play instruments as well um, definitely enjoy listening to it and I play a bit but not like very well it's more just having a bit of jam by myself in my bedroom what do you play uh, I play ukulele a little bit and I also used to play violin but haven't been picking that one up as much recently so cool you just keep all these sneaky things up your sleeve I didn't <laughs> know that about you <laughs> all right what are you hoping to do next year, Caitlin, when you finish school? Yeah, so next year I'm wanting to head down to the University of Otago to complete a Bachelor of Science majoring in genetics, probably. 
Yeah, it's, it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do. And I feel very lucky that heading into university next year, I've already got a rough idea of my plans. Well, that sounds amazing and just super brainy. Like I can't even imagine. It's going to be so interesting. Um, Caitlin, you weren't originally planning on hosting your own episode. Like when we first met, you were kind of really keen to do the behind the scenes stuff, like be involved with social media and like organizing and everything. What made you change your mind about that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like I remember when we first had the episode, um, our first meeting and we were all brainstorming all these different ideas for what we could do for episodes and everyone just had like they each had a topic they were so passionate about and just like hearing all the other girls talk about it like they you could see them light up and I'm like wow I can't I just can't think of anything I have that same passion about that I want to talk about like, like right at this moment um but then like listening to all the girls episodes like I was just like damn maybe I did miss out a little bit not choosing to co-host because they sound like they're having such a great time and very luckily Tiki flicked me an email and was like hey we want to do one last final episode about physical activity would you be keen to co-host I'm like you know what actually I would <laughs> so very lucky that everything fell into place for that one yeah and I'm so glad that you changed your mind and that you said yes I feel like I know that you're super sporty and maybe physical activity was just almost the obvious choice that you hadn't even thought of yet yeah and it's really interesting like the connections between physical activity and other well-being like when you think of um oh gosh what's it called is it tefari tafu yeah tefari tafu the maori well-being um how old system it's like the four walls and there's physical and mental and then spiritual and emotional and they're all so interconnected <laughs> Yeah, that's the amazing thing that I love so much about that framework is that, yes, it divides them into these four separate things, but then the very nature of the framework itself reminds you that they're completely connected. Like you can't take away one wall of the house because then everything falls down. So it's not that our mind and our bodies are completely separate, even though we can think about them that way sometimes. You explained that so well. Yep, <laughs> I 100% agree with that one. So you kind of just answered it there, but um, why do you think that it's so, so important to keep talking about keeping active when we're thinking about young women's well-being? Yeah, I think it's physical activity is really awesome because there's so many different ways you can go about it. Like there's obviously the obvious things like running and going to the gym, but for a lot of people like myself included, that's not really, oh, how, how do I describe it? It's not really like, it's not your jam. <laughs> it's done our jam it's yeah it doesn't motivate us as well as other activities might so like personally I really enjoy doing all sorts of team sports for some reason that's what draws me into physical activity and it's been awesome to be part of a bunch of really awesome teams over the years yeah you're so right like it's it is really different for everybody and I think a lot of people um get put off maybe by PE at school and they kind of think well I'm not a sporty person so I can't be active in any way but one of the amazing things about this podcast series was that we got to ask all of our guests um, like what does physical activity mean to them and we got such a diversity of answers from people you know from 
Dr. Octavia Caldador, who said that it's just like she loves to walk to work in the morning and in the afternoon, like walking home and she gets to see the beautiful city that she lives in. And that's just the best way for her to start and end her day. And it's not about like getting fitter or winning any races. And then there was Ruby Solly, who just like totally opened my eyes to all these really embodied ways of I guess, yeah, just being really present in your body and present in the place that you're in through through singing and through playing traditional instruments that I just had not thought of at all before. So it's definitely not like just one way of being active, right? Yeah, and I think living in New Zealand in such a sport-oriented country, you've got the big teams like all blacks and stuff and a lot of people like grow up playing a sport for a school and, like it's something they're expected to do like you get quite stuck on a certain idea of physical activity and hearing different ways that people go about it that aren't as traditional or aren't as intense in a way like that's a really awesome thing to hear and open your mind to yeah totally um so we've done something a bit different for this episode because we really did want to hear from our listeners about lots of different experiences of um, keeping active. So we asked a whole bunch of young women to tell us about their experiences and we're gonna share some of their thoughts today. Now, everyone who answered our keeping active questionnaire has been entered into a prize draw and we will announce two lucky winners on the episode today, but we're gonna keep you guys hanging right until the end. So stay tuned. The Conversation Collective. Before we go any further, I think we really need to introduce our special guest because I can just tell that she's sitting there itching to be a part of this conversation. Who's joining us on the episode today, Caitlin? Yes, we're very lucky to have an awesome guest with us today. So Fran McEwen is an absolute superwoman full of positive energy and kindness. She is the founder of the Shift Foundation and an absolute champion for young women's well-being with so much knowledge about physical activity to share with us all. So welcome to the podcast, Fran. We're so excited to have you with us and to be chatting with you today. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited to be part of the podcast. I've listened to every episode multiple times and yeah, just love all of your mahi. Um, so thank you very much for including me on an episode. I'm really excited. I've never been on a podcast before, so New experiences, great for well-being. What a great podcast to start with, I say. (laughs) (laughs) The best podcast ever. (laughs) Of course. Um, Caitlin, I know that you've got some questions for Fran, but I wanted to start off by asking you both a couple of the questions that we asked the young women in our questionnaire. So the very first question we asked people was if they could describe a really prominent memory or a memory or moment that really stands out for them when they were being active. Fran, can you can you start by telling us a story about that for you? Yeah, my mind, like, I think in pictures, and so I just had all of these um, memories of my childhood, like, flicking through my head. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess there's a lot of, like, prominence of green space and trees and um, Te Awakairangi, the river that runs through Upper Hutt, um, and just these summers of being with my Fano and, you know, just swimming in the river and not really thinking of it, obviously, when you're a child of, of, as physical activity, um, more just like being a child and playing in nature. Um, 
but yeah, like my whole childhood is steeped through of memories of being in nature and walking, walking the dog, picking blackberries, swimming in the river. So just so many beautiful memories um, of just, yeah, being out in nature and moving. And yeah, I guess those are some really, yeah, I played sport. I played netball. Um, so I have like, you know, little images of different netball games and stuff like that. But really it comes back to that connection to nature and being with my family and being in my local surroundings and just playing. And yeah, I guess that's kind of, if I, if I go back in time, those are the the memories that I think about when I think about being physically active and connecting to nature. Mm, I love that. I mean, for someone who came to New Zealand as a visitor, I think the connection to nature is so strong you live in such a beautiful country and especially it seems like so many New Zealanders have a really special relationship with water and with swimming like so many people have these childhood memories of whether it's the ocean or the beautiful lakes or the rivers just like spending time playing in the water which is a very cool part of your culture what about you Caitlin yeah so that's quite a tricky question I'd say i I couldn't quite think of something at first, but I have this I have this awesome wall of photos in front of me of just all these different photos of me and my friends from the last couple of years. And there's one that I've just spotted, which is um, from after my hockey team won our final for our grade last year. And it was just such an awesome moment. So I feel like my hockey team is quite special to me because we're a mixed team. And so and we compete in the boys' grades, so it's quite a bit of a challenge for us girls, but we like to show them how it's done most games. And that final is just such a special moment because the team we're playing, they're better us every single game of the season. And we had, like, just going into, like, we wanted to try our best, and a lot of our players were moving on, and we just wanted to win it all together one last time. And so it was a bit scary, but we managed to do it and managed to beat the team. Yeah, it was really awesome to get to do it with the people I loved and the team I loved. That must have been a phenomenal feeling. Like, I'm not a a team sport person, but I can only imagine, like, when you're part of this group of people and you're a team and you're like a Fano and then you come together and it's like, it must be euphoric to win a game like that where it means so much. Yeah, it was very exciting. And I remember everyone like running together at the end, just hugging each other and being like, oh my gosh, we did it, guys. That was a very exciting moment. Oh, you're almost making me want to go and play team sports now. (laughs) (laughs) Very tempting, isn't it? I miss it a lot at the moment. My only problem is that most team sports involve balls and ball sports are just not my thing, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have one description that I wanted to share with you guys that was from our questionnaire so this young woman asked to be anonymous so we'll just call her V and she's 13 years old and she's from Wellington and she describes her prominent memory of being active she says one year it was the day of cross country but it was very wet and stormy so to participate was optional only about 20 people participated and I was one of them I didn't come in the top 10 or anything, but I remember feeling so happy with myself because I'd given it a go, even though I was cold and wet and tired. (laughs) I feel like so many people will probably like relate to that story or have a similar experience, especially like dreaded cross country. But it's so, I think what she's recognizing in that memory is that 
being brave enough to take part was something that just gave her an awesome feeling like regardless of how it went and she probably got to the end of that day and just felt like so proud of herself even if she was covered in mud <laughs> so we also asked young women what feels awesome about being active for you and what is not so great about it so we got some really interesting responses actually Emma, who's 17 from Christchurch, says, it's my mental pick-me-up and a physical challenge. Maha, who's 17 as well from Wellington, says, I love the adrenaline and I love how I feel afterwards too. I'm always a lot more focused and feel a heightened confidence in myself. That's so awesome, isn't it? And then she says, maybe the downside to being active is the fact that when you get sweat in your eyes, it stings so bad. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think it's worth it for that. <laughs> and then Sophie, who's 16 from Nelson, says, I love being active as it makes me feel so good. Not really a fan of running long distances, lol. Also, don't like the negative body image and stereotypes that get produced, which I think is really interesting because people try and often promote being active as being good for you. But I think she's right, like especially for young women, there's a lot of association with I guess like weight and body shape and size and stuff like that, which can be really toxic. All right, I'm gonna throw over to you, Caitlin. So what feels awesome about being active for you and what is not so great about it? Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, I really love the feeling when like you've done something you didn't think you'd be able to, like whether it's a new skill or just going that extra bit further, like that's just such an awesome feeling. Um, like I remember during lockdown, the first couple of weeks I decided, oh, I'm gonna pick up running. Honestly, it didn't last long enough, but I remember the first run, I set a target for the distance. Um, well, not the distance, but like, I was visualizing where I was going and like, I'd be like, if I can get to here without walking, I'll be happy in myself. And I managed to go way further than that. And I was like, yes this is this is awesome this just feels so great that was exciting and it really helped me push myself further on my next run as well um not so great is the fitness it's <laughs> it was team sport player like it's the little things like that that just like it's necessary but I'd rather be out there playing the game rather than running laps or whatever needs to be done <laughs> It can be so disheartening as well when you're when you've got to a certain level of fitness and then for some reason you maybe don't play as much sport or go on a run for a little while and then you get back to it and you're like, oh no, I don't remember it being this hard and you've got to like build it back up again. <laughs> what about you, Fran? Um, so I find that when I um, am active, I sleep better at night um, and it's that feeling of climbing into bed and just resting everything and you just feel this sense of just I don't know comfort and relief but also just like you feel proud that you've done something you know that day for your body I think so I love that feeling of exercising and then relaxing afterwards um I love that feeling of being hungry after you exercise yeah. like that, that nourishing your body after you've done something so as a long distance runner, um, I eat while I run, but also just coming home and I don't know, like even if it's like having a steak and cheese pie or um, something, you know, like there's, you know, you, I don't ever feel any guilt about feeding 
my body after exercising because I always feel like I'm it's not a reward but it's like you know just like filling yourself up after you've burnt all that energy um so I love that feeling as well so yeah definitely better sleep um yeah love love nourishing myself after exercise um and then probably what do I I yeah I agree with you Tiki that feeling of um when you don't do something for a while and you revert, you know, you feel like you've gone backwards. Like that's, that's always a challenge. Um, I don't mind sweat. I think sweat's like, a, yeah, like it's a good feeling. I like being like sweaty and I go really red. Um, I'm one of those people, oh, yeah. that, you know, these like those people that don't look like they've done anything. I'm one of those people that looks like I've, you know, run a billion miles and um, we get all red and sweaty and yeah. So, um, I can't really think of anything that I don't like <laughs> other than maybe like sore muscles, you know, like sore muscles the next day or if you've like, if I've done like a hill run or something and my calves hurt the next day, like it's not a pleasant feeling, but it's also, yeah, it's also nice because you're like, yeah, I've done something for my body. So even that can feel so good sometimes though. Like I much prefer to be feeling really sore. It's like a positive sore feeling. Whereas if I haven't done any exercise and I'm just sore because I've been sitting at a desk, that for me is like the worst kind of feeling and and you can't sleep well because you're uncomfortable whereas like you say if you've done some exercise even if your body is exhausted it's like in a good way Caitlin I think we should I think we should hit up some of your questions yes that'll be great I know Fran's got so much knowledge you can share of us it'll be really great to hear her answers to these Okay, so for the listeners who aren't familiar with the Shift Foundation, Fran, and the story behind it, would you be able to explain a bit about the story behind Shift and why encouraging physical activity and well-being is so important to you? Yeah, <laughs> this question, so I'll try, try and answer it succinctly <laughs> so we're not spending half an hour talking about um, how the Shift Foundation came to be. Um, and, and in a nutshell, um, I, I had, yeah, a wonderful childhood and was really active um, and then I had uh, got into my teenage years and just yeah had I guess like some teenagers experience just um, you know didn't enjoy education system um, got distracted um, by you know like boys and alcohol and um, just really um, yeah just quite disconnected from my family um, from society kind of lost sight of what I wanted to do and who I was and then in my mid-20s I started working with um, more with young people so kind of more in the youth development space and particularly working with young women and uh, yeah I don't even know how to describe it anybody that's um, found something that they're really passionate about will understand this feeling of just kind of suddenly knowing what your purpose is or what makes you tick. And I just found that connecting with young women and having a deep empathy for their experiences and what they were going through um, just really resonated with me and, and made me feel good about the work I was doing. And so, um, yeah, I guess for the last sort of 10 years, I've been really interested in, in young people and youth development, um, but especially young women. They're my absolute favorite in the world. Um, and yeah, I guess I could just relate um, to a lot of the things that they talk about, a lot of the challenges, you know, life's changed, like technology, social media, but in essence, the issues that young women face haven't really changed that much since, you know, since I was a young woman. So 
I just have this this deep empathy um, for how challenging it can be being a teenage girl. I guess I feel like my role in the world is to try and um, try and make that a little bit easier, whatever that might look like. Um, and often I think, you know, if only I'd had, um, you know, anyone that knows the Shift Foundation, we have these amazing shift coordinators or youth workers that work directly with young women. And I always think like, wow, I wish I'd had, had yeah, you know, people like that to engage with and to talk to about some of the things that were going on. Um, and yeah, so I in, in a simple term, it just comes back to um, wanting to be um, there for young women the way I wish I'd had um, role models or people to be there for me when I was a young woman. And I guess well-being is just this overarching term for um, for, for everything. Um, how you feel about, you know, how you feel mentally, how you feel physically, how you feel emotionally. Um, and so Shift, I guess, offers a whole diverse you know, array of products and services and programs that sort of meet lots of different um, needs, be it from physical and um, emotional. So, um, yeah, just, I guess, I just want young women to flourish and to feel good about themselves and to feel empowered and to just know how magical they are. <laughs> um, the, the physical part is just one part of, of all of the work that Shift does. And I guess my personal experience is that I was, you know, super, like, was into sport and really physically active. And then when I got into my teenage years, I stopped being physically active. And as I rediscovered that in my sort of mid-20s, I just realized what a huge impact it had on my mental health. Um, it allowed me to decrease the medication that I take um, for my mental ill health. And um, so a combination of, um, of physical activity and looking after my well-being, as well as medication, has just had a huge impact on my life. So I guess I promote it as one way of um, supporting positive mental health. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's really great when you can come into something with an experience and a passion behind it. It makes what you do like just so much better and so much bigger when you feel like, well, like you said, it's what you had wanted as a teenager. So you're just going to make it that much better. Um, so one of the questions asked our survey to young women was about how their activity has changed over the years. So you mentioned you played sports when younger. So I guess what were the different types of activities you did then? And how has this changed over the years? And now you've rediscovered it again. Yeah, so I think you kind of touched on it earlier when you were like, we, we grew up in quite a sporty nation, you know, so there's like, um, and I was even thinking it when I was walking um, down at the park the other morning, looking at like the hockey turf and the rugby field and stuff and thinking like, it's so ingrained in who we are, this, um, you know, not that you have to play hockey or cricket or rugby or netball, but you know, there are like the big sports, you know, that we kind of got quite used to. So I, I participated in those big sports. Like I played netball, I started playing at primary school. Um, I was pretty good. I was always relatively well coordinated. Um, and I really enjoyed that whole, actually it was like the social connectedness part. Like I love playing with my friends and um, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I think I did, I did enjoy winning. Um, I had a few tough coaches when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and we were, you know, it was, was quite, we were quite pushed to like train and, and win and, um, and I remember, you know, crying when we didn't win. I'm not sure that that's a really a positive experience of sport, but um, that's, yeah, so I had all of those experiences growing up. And then I guess, like I said earlier, I got distracted when I got to secondary school and it stopped being a focus. I was more interested in going to parties and hanging out with my friends and not going to class and all of that sort of stuff than participating in any team sport or representing the school that I went to, you know. So 
it's just my whole attitude changed towards sport. Um, and yeah, you I know, stopped participating at, I don't know, 14 or 15. Um, and then, yeah, but like pretty much did, you know, did, did nothing. There was nothing that interested me. There was no, I wasn't introduced to anything else. There was no other, it didn't feel like there was any other options. Um, you know, and I think about this, the activities that I've participated in with shift, um, and things like doing boxing or, you know, like stuff like that. I never had any opportunity to do things like that when I was growing up. It was always very much the traditional opportunities. And if they didn't suit you, then how were you supposed to find something that you were passionate about? Um, so yeah, then I, I started, I started running. Um, I wanted, I'd, I'd been smoking a lot and I decided I wanted to try and stop smoking and I wanted to lose weight. That was kind of my motivator for starting to run. And I still remember being, I don't know, maybe 24 and doing my first, I was living in Australia in Adelaide and doing my first run around the block and being able to, you know, like maybe only get halfway around the block, like puffing and sweating and being like, okay, well, you know, tomorrow's another day and then maybe getting a little bit further the next day. And I kind of remember that growth period over, you know, a sort of six month period of going from being able to run half of the block to being able to run 10 laps of the block. And that was kind of my beginning of a reintroduction into, into physical activity and actually getting something out of it and enjoying it and feeling motivated. Um, yeah, and since then I've, I've run a lot further than that. Um, but kind of my, yeah, like I probably felt like I had about 10 years where I didn't do really any physical activity and then I, I rediscovered it. Yeah, I really, I really like what you're saying about like starting with half a block and then getting further because it is a journey. Like you're not just going to be able to run a marathon straight out the gate and I, I know personally it's often something that's hard to remember is um, I'm not just going to be able to do this and do that as soon as I start playing a sport like recently I've picked up um, volleyball and so that's been a challenge learning all the new skills with that and like things like serving I've really struggled with so it's like remembering it's just a step at the time and to reach the goal. Yeah and I think that can be challenging that whole you know, we, we live in like this kind of like, I want it now world. Yeah. You get what you want and you can have it now. And it's like actually growing your skills to be able to participate in something or being patient with yourself or taking the, like finding the motivation to keep, um, to keep practicing and keep learning or to keep going is it can be really challenging. So you've got to have quite, um, it comes down to that quite a strong mental mindset as well of being like, I really want to conquer this or I really want to achieve or I really want to get better. Um, and that can be hard too, like sticking with something and, and working on it. You've got to see like these incremental shifts of like improvements that gives you that little bit of motivation to keep going. Yeah, for sure. I have, I had a netball coach a couple of years ago and her favorite quote to us, if nearly every training, every game was that netball was 80% mental and 20% physical. Like that was just her constant reminder to us. And that's something I've really kept with me. As de that definitely actually changed my mindset of how I think about sports, which was really awesome for that. That's really cool. It's a great way to think of it because, yes, like, you know, if you're lucky enough to have, um, you know, to be physically able and have all of those things, then, like, that's great. But actually a lot of it is, is up in your head, right? And, like, your attitude towards things and your motivation and your, um, your willingness to just keep trying and keep going. Like, yeah, it's all mental. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's really interesting thinking about the different motivation that people have. So my mum, Fran, she also started running because she wanted to stop smoking. Um, I think shortly before she had us kids. Um, and 
so we kind of grew up in a household where that was like normal and encouraged but I hated running like she used to try and drag me out on runs with her and she just always tells stories about how I would moan the whole way (laughs) and like always want to stop and walk and I think I kind of grew up with this attitude that probably a lot of teenage girls have which was like I was trying to run because I needed to like look a certain way or I was like trying to get a six pack or I wanted to have like a certain level of fitness and um, I really remember there was like one run that I went on and I probably would have been about 15 years old I'd say and like halfway through the run I let go of this idea that I was going to run 5k and I was going to run it in this amount of time and I just decided that it was okay if I wanted to walk and as soon as I did that I could just run more and I could run further and I could run faster because I wasn't like beating myself up about it anymore and so from about that age it's like I stopped taking my phone on runs with me I stopped caring about like how fast I was running or whether I had to stop and walk like five times in a 3k run it just became about like being out there and doing it and that for me was like such a massive shift. Yeah I really like what you're saying about the body image so that was something i think a lot of young women can relate to um in our survey we had an awesome quote from Bronia she was saying about how in school she relied on the sports and PE to get her exercise done and obviously it's changed a lot over the years and has to really motivate herself to physically exercise and have the right mindset for that and um relating to the body she said the driving force of body shame has been a constant pres- consistent presence but I think I'm also slowly incorporating healthier intentions of celebrating and looking after my body I really liked the celebrating um my body part because we have one body and we need to make sure we look after it in the right ways for the right reasons I know I think that's so honest of her to to bring up body shame and it like makes me so upset to hear that but then I think as women we all know that that's like quite a big reality yeah there's definitely been a shift over the last few years with terms of like body positivity movements and stuff but ah I don't know how to describe it but I feel like it's it's still got a long way to go into getting people to be doing things for the right reasons like running just because you want to run or you want to do it for health rather than body type Mm, I think I also I don't know I think it's really easy to think that you've conquered it and then sometimes you realize that you're slipping back into it and that's probably just like a reality that we're all always going to have to deal with but like I realized at one point that I'd I'd switched from like wanting to run to be really slim and then I decided I wanted to run to be really fit and really strong and it took me a while to realize that that was kind of the same thing like I was still wanting to do it to change my body and it didn't really matter if like it was this positive thing of like being strong because I was still wanting to be something other than what I was and I think it's a constant battle to keep being like you've got to do it because you enjoy it not because you want to be different to how you are already you know yeah I feel like I can well I relate to that but I do get what you're saying because I remember I think I must have been 14 I remember I was um with my cousin and just she was saying something about well we're talking about sports and running and stuff and she was talking about fitspo and like that just seems like such a weird concept to me to do something 
for that rather than just because you enjoy it and just because it's something that you want to do like I feel like that's quite a driving I think it's quite a strong motivation for me in sports is just wanting to do it and wanting I don't know how just wanting to enjoy what I'm doing yeah yeah I think that's a really healthy attitude but I and I don't think that's the common you know the common sort of denominator I think um we see what we think we should be and then we go oh that's you know that's beauty or um that's fitness or that's strength and it's actually yeah you lose your ability to just enjoy it for what it is um rather than or like yeah it's hanging out with your mates or it's having fun or having a laugh or being competitive and then yeah which is much healthier than thinking of it as in i'm going to lose weight or i um, but it, yeah, it's a constant battle, as you're saying, Tiki, like even when you're aware of the fact that you're thinking that, it's still a constant battle to do it for, you know, all of the reasons why it's good for you, not just to lose weight or to look a specific way. It's always a challenge. Yeah, and I think it also depends on the environment you have around you. Like, um, personally, like, I know there's a few of my team environments where it's just, we, I know we're all there because we enjoy it so much and we love being with each other and we love playing with each other. And it's just such a great thing to be surrounded by, but it, it's just hard to imagine for me not having that and having all the pressure from people around you to be a certain way. So we're touching on the mindset there. Um, so Fran, last year you participated in an ultra marathon, which is obviously a huge physical and mental challenge. What helped you to push through what, when you were struggling in either aspect? Mm. Um, yes. So <laughs> an ultra marathon is anything that's over a marathon distance. So um, anything from uh, 50k to 50 billion k. <laughs> and yeah, I guess, uh, well, how do you, I mean, the physical, it, again, it comes back to the quote you even said earlier, like it's so mental. So um, this multi-stage run in um in the desert in Oman was both a physical challenge and a mental challenge but more of a mental challenge so physically your body can endure way more than you think it can you know so like yeah everything hurts but you don't stop like if the finish line is you know another 10 kilometers away then you have to get to the finish line like this you don't really have any other options so your body will just keep going it's you know it's an incredible machine um you know wow um but it's all in your head you know so the biggest challenge for me is definitely pushing mentally pushing myself to to figure out like what what's my limits and i i haven't met my limits yet so um, that was 165 kilometers um, over six stages, uh, a lot of soft sand and a lot of sand dunes. And it, it was, it was crazy. Um, but I loved, I loved it. There's probably a few seconds during the whole thing that I did that I wasn't really in love with it, but um, it, yeah, it's definitely a mental challenge, but it didn't push me past my limits. So I still think there's, there's more in me mentally. Um, so I'm keen to go to the sort of next level and whether that's, um, harder to rain or a longer run or you know we'll see we'll see what the next one is um uh mental toughness so i i don't know just maybe it's innate maybe it's just in me or maybe it's something that i've developed i don't i don't know but um it's definitely a deep self-belief like uh, i didn't go into this run thinking 
I can't do it. You know, I went into it going, I can absolutely do this. And yes, it's going to be hard. And I'm sure it's not going to be enjoyable all of the time. But I absolutely got this. And so I think if you go in with that attitude that you just deeply believe in your own ability and your body to, you know, if you've prepared well, you've looked after yourself, you've, um, you know, you've done everything that you can to prepare, then you just kind of go. And, and again, I wasn't about winning, you know, so I'm not, we're not talking about the Olympics here. We're just talking about one individual wanting to go out and prove to herself that she can do it. And so, um, you know, you're not pushing yourself like beyond your absolute limits. Um, you're not trying to win a gold medal. You're just going out there and just doing the best that you can. Um, and yeah, and that's what I did. And I guess uh, I find, this is quite weird, but I find this deep comfort in um, being out in the wilderness or being out in the vastness of nature. And the desert is an amazing place to be with absolutely nothing around you other than sun and sand and just, um, you know, all you can see is sand dunes for a million miles. I get this deep um, sense of comfort in being tiny in the grand scheme of things. So just seeing myself as this tiny little ant in the middle of a desert, just kind of tracking along in this giant world. And so I just, that, that constant, like every day feeling like that, of just like being very insignificant in this vast, amazing landscape and just using my own body to move myself forward um, was just such a wonderful feeling. And I get the same feeling when I'm out in nature, like if I'm running on the trails or um, it's just, yeah, just the sense of connectedness to nature and just how, um, just how tiny I am in, in the universe and in the world. And I just, I love that feeling. And so I just want more of that feeling. So going out and doing these runs in really wacky, weird, wonderful places is just, it's just so good for my well-being and reminds me of um, the important things in life, my family, um, my health and well-being. Um, just, yeah, just those are the, like, and running with everything that you need on your back for a week. So all your food, you know, all you need is some food, water, you know, luxury is like something to sleep on. Like we don't need all of this material stuff that we have in our lives. So when you spend a week in the desert, just using your own feet to move yourself and all you've got is what's on your back. It's just a really amazing reminder of what life is actually about and what we're capable of as humans and just puts all of that material stuff aside. Wow. Yes, that does sound like an amazing experience. It definitely puts a lot of things in perspective. Yeah. I like what you're saying about having everything on your back. Like I've, I feel like I can relate somewhat to that feeling from going tramping. It is quite a bit of luxury compared to what you had in the desert, clearly. Um, but it's, yeah, it's somewhat comforting to know that you're in charge of what you've got. And if you want something, you're going to have to struggle through the weight to get it, take it with you. Yeah. It's a, that's a, it's a great thing. Eh? Like not, um, not all young people in New Zealand get the opportunity to go tramping you know, out in the wilderness and having to carry everything on your back. It's, yeah, it's a real privilege and you're right, it's hard. And you you make that choice about like, do I, do I really need this or do I really want it? And am I willing to carry it for the next five days or whatever? And like, yeah, that's all making choices. And I think it's great. Um, and yeah, you feel, you know, you get to the end and your, your bag's a lot lighter, right? Cause you've eaten, Yes. <laughs> and it's this really rewarding feeling of like the last day your backpack shrunk by five kgs and yeah and you've achieved something amazing um yeah I definitely think yeah the opportunity for young people like through Duke of Edinburgh and um yeah just being out and getting out in nature and carrying all of this stuff on your back it's a really great reminder of 
yeah, like what's actually important and what we really need to su- to survive or to thrive. Yeah, and and as like you were saying earlier, we were really lucky to have all this nature around us, like so accessible to um, just head out and go for a walk, go for a run. Yeah, I also like what you said about the positive mindset with going into the run, because I feel like personally, I it's quite strange to think about looking back, but positive mindset was always something I kind of boo-hooed, like whenever I was mentioned at school and stuff, and being like, no, like what the heck, like how's that going to make a difference? Like I just need to do this, like not this, but um something clicked I guess I think it was this year even like just something's clicked in my mind and realize I've realized how much better my life has become now that I've been thinking of a more positive mindset like in sports as well but also just in general and going into things being really excited and happy to get them done (laughs) yeah totally I'm, I'm pretty sure there's probably some deep science and evidence behind um, positive mindsets, but I just, yeah, it's like a sense of self, like believe in yourself, you know, because no one else is going to be able to do it for you, right? So like, how are you supposed to succeed if you, if you don't? Like surely going in thinking, oh, I can't do this or it's too hard is not going to be helpful, you know, like, yeah. So I think just that positive self-talk believing in your own abilities yeah yeah um because that's all you've got it's just you against yourself often it's you know your own little stories in your head that you have to overcome and so your ability to talk to yourself positively and believe in yourself is just super important i know it's like when you've got a choice between thinking negatively and thinking that you can't do something and then thinking positively and thinking that you can it's like it's just wasted energy to think negatively about it almost isn't it it's not to say that it's easy though right like no yeah it, it's, it's so hard so it's it's all well and good us sitting here being like yeah yeah be positive but it life is it's not <laughs> that easy like you know I mean as someone that's experienced you know that has lived experience of mental ill health they know what it's like to battle against your own demons in your own head that are telling you one thing and then you're trying to convince yourself of something else it's it's not easy. So, you know, anyone that's listening, we're not saying it is easy to, oh, just be positive. Um, but the more you practice um, your positive self-talk and your self-belief and, and building yourself up, then, it, yeah, it does become easier. And learning techniques, I guess, to, to overcome anxiety um, and just kind of be able to talk yourself around um, is really important. Let's share some more quotes from our questionnaire so we did ask uh like you said caitlin we asked everyone if keeping active was purely physical for them or whether it was about mindset and and mental state as well yeah i've got one here she said that for her exercising is mostly for her mind and i really liked the reason she gave for that um she said that she finds her schoolwork is much better after exercising and it calms me when i'm stressed or angry it's a vital part of my routine for my mental health. And that definitely shows like the amazing connections that you can have between your mental health and your physical health. Mm. Yeah. Avon, who's 13 from Wellington says, I think it's all of those because you need to have the correct mindset and motivation to keep active, but also some activities really help out with your mental state. Like, how wise is that for a 13-year-old? Amazing, Avon. Thank you for sharing that with us. There's another lovely quote as well from Nina, who's 17 in Christchurch. 
So Nina said that definitely both. Being physical helps me feel better within myself, which positively affects my mental state and general mindset. Yeah, I guess that relates back to the positive mindset. Like just being positive and getting it done is going to help you feel more positive in the long run. And it's, I guess, just taking that first step to heading in that direction. Like you said, Fran, it isn't always easy to be positive. Like as much as it is easy to say it, <laughs> sometimes you're just really struggling. But I think when you find when you find that you've taken that first step and you're starting to um, really consciously get your head into that space, it just provides so much, so many benefits in different ways. Yeah, I think yeah, like one of my um, something that I do for my own well-being is that I've got to a point now, like I'm getting old I should have figured this out by now but <laughs> suddenly I'm overwhelmed like I'm feeling if I'm feeling a lot of anxiety or I'm feeling like really tired or I can feel some of those negative things coming into my brain I just get my dog lead get my beautiful girl Ollie and off we go and it's like it doesn't take long to just move your feet and look up at the sky and suddenly you're like oh okay I've got a little bit of perspective on things and it's not saying that that's always going to be enough to work your way through anxiety or depression or, you know, some, some serious mental health, you know, things that people have got going on. But sometimes that is enough just to just to move yourself a little bit and to look outside your staring at your four walls and feeling really overwhelmed or not wanting to get out of bed. If you can just find that spark to move yourself a little bit, it, makes, it can make a huge difference. You know, often... You know, we'll go for a walk with Ollie and then I'll get home and I'll just be like, oh, you're so much better. You know? And it's just constantly reminding myself that that going for that run or going for that walk and um, breathing in the fresh air and looking around and getting a bit of perspective on life can make such a huge difference. It can really shift your mind from one place to another. Um, and I guess when we're talking about physical activity, you know, we're not, we're not talking about, um, you know, the the physical activity guidelines that says we need to do 30 to 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity. Like, yes, those have benefits for our physical health, you know, it can um, help with a whole lot of um, health issues that we experience. But actually what we're talking about here is just movement. It's just about moving your body in whatever way that means. So yes, there's, you know, there's at one level, there's running ultra marathons and playing lots of sport. And then at the other level, it's literally like, can you put one foot in front of the other and just get outside and just move your body a little bit or dance in your living room? Like all of those things are what we're talking about when we're talking about, you know, shift your body or, you know, shift your body, shift your mind or just movement. Like it's those, <laughs> it's just those little, those little things that can, and ha can have a positive impact on how you feel about life and how you feel about yourself. So sad that we're heading, uh, we're getting to the end of our conversation. It's been really great to talk to you tonight. Um, so to round things off, we've been asking all our guests to give us their take action plan to give them actions they can introduce into their lives to improve their personal well-being. So what is it you would like to suggest to young women eager to introduce or change the involvement in physical activity as part of their take action plan? Such a great question. It is such a great question. I always love listening to the other people's action plans and think, oh, how can I contribute to that? And I think I just touched on it before by saying it's about, yeah, it's about finding the thing that makes you tick. And, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have the opportunity to go to try yoga or Pilates or boxing or 
a shut up and dance class. So there's, you know, there's this amazing array of different ways of being physically active out there, but how do you find um, your inner confidence or bravery to go and try something? If you haven't found your thing, so if it's not rowing or netball or running, then what is it? And how do you, how do you, how are you brave enough to step out there and find something that, um, yeah, that, that makes your heart sing or makes you want to be physically active. So I guess, um, and I guess that's what Shift tries to do is to provide opportunities for people to try different things so they can find um, find their flow or find the thing that they want to do. So I guess that I would just, my action plan would be to um, to be brave and to try lots of different things. And you might hate some of them and that's totally okay, um, but just to try lots of different things until you find one or multiple ways of, of wanting to move your body. And um, I guess, yeah, coming back to the other thing we've kind of talked about is um, having a positive mindset. So working on, you know, on trying to think of physical activity as just putting one foot in front of the other and going for a walk in nature and remembering like and, ex and seeing if you have that experience of the fact that it improves how you feel about yourself or how you're feeling about the day um so yeah try something new be brave and try something until you find your thing um yeah and just put one foot in front of the other and get out in nature and just go for a walk and even if it's around the block and see if it shifts um, your mind and how you're feeling about life yeah, it's a really awesome take action plan. Thank you so much for that. And it is the little things that add up, like you were saying before, just dancing in your living room or going for a walk. Like that is still a physical activity and you're still going to get somewhere with that, even if it seems small in the moment. Thank you, Fran, for sharing your wisdom and all of your inspiration with us. And to both of you for sharing your stories as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me it's been lovely I, it's hard right like it's hard talking on a podcast it's hard thinking on your feet so um good job Caitlin and thank you for for having me and for asking me questions and and, and making me think about things as well because, yeah it's been awesome before I let you go um we've got to announce our lucky prize draw winners from the questionnaire and I also just had one last quote that I think it would be really nice to share because you just talked um, there, Fran, about how Shift is trying to make lots more options of being active accessible to young women. And of course, we know that we don't live in an equal society and for various reasons, there's lots of people who don't have the same access to opportunities to be active. Um, and, you know, that's for loads of different reasons, but we had a we had a really, um, again, a really honest and insightful answer from Ronia that I just wanted to share because I think there's there's some there's lots of different reasons in this why um, why activity might not always be accessible. She says, "I'm at university, so sports are only really accessible through clubs, and it's quite daunting to sign up to them. Also, the gym used to be my main source of exercise, and mine has closed down, making it." really difficult as I really value a woman's only space so that I don't have to wear my hijab while I work out. She says, I hesitate to join other gyms because I feel like I don't fit in with most of the users and I feel insecure, plus the price. I am an unemployed student. I've been sticking with walking to uni for now. So I think, like she mentioned, how things can be 
unaccessible because you don't you can't afford to pay for them or because there's not anyone providing those options near where you live or simply because you actually really want to exercise in a certain environment like you know maybe only with women or but what she says at the end there I'm sticking with walking for now it kind of shows that she's like not giving up but she's doing what she can for the moment and as we know life is always changing and throwing up new and exciting opportunities so it's important to remember to keep your eyes open and just like you said Fran try new things all the time yeah and be brave like it's hard right like if someone said to me oh go try stand up paddleboarding by yourself I'd be like no like I'm, I'm scared like so I need someone to do it with me you know so it's like yeah be brave but also like ask ask your friends ask people to come and try things with you so it's not quite so scary all right so Caitlin I'm gonna get you to do the honors I've randomly numbered all of our entrants to the questionnaire so could you pick one number from or two numbers from one to 15 okay um number two and number eight awesome all right drum roll guys <laughs> that means that the winners for our prize draw of a 50 dollar voucher of your choice goes to libby and avon congratulations guys yeah, you're so awesome. And they both had really awesome quotes. I mean, the couple that I read and was like, yes, that is such a great thing to say. Thank you so much to everyone who answered our questionnaire, but we will get in touch with um, Libby and Avon on email to let you know that you're the winners and to arrange what $50 voucher you want. All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap that up for today. It's been amazing to speak to both of you. I can't believe that this is the end of our incredible journey through the pilot series for the shift podcast and i cannot thank all of the young women and all of the guests that have been involved enough it has been so much fun and so incredible listening to all of you yeah what an awesome way to wrap things up we're so lucky to have had fran on the episode today very awesome to chat with you oh so such the highlight of my week getting to talk to a young <laughs> amazing so thank you. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Thank you, Tiki, for the opportunity. You guys are just incredible. <laughs> all right. To all our listeners, thank you once again. And remember, stay shifty and keep your ears and eyes peeled for the second series of The Conversation Collective. Bye, guys. Big thank you and high fives to the Centre for Sport, Peace and Society at the University of Tennessee whose Empower Women Through Sports follow-on grant helped bring this podcast to life. Also thank you to the Ministry of Youth Development for supporting our leadership programmes that help grow the most phenomenal leaders like these ones. And last but not least, we would like to say a huge shout out and nang mihi nui to Nai Nai Clubhouse for collaborating on this project, sharing knowledge and equipment with us. Thanks friends, aroha nui. The Conversation Collective.